Hello and welcome to Telling Stories. My name's James Trupany and this week, welcome to something, as they say, completely different. Taking a break from our Best of British series, I was thinking about how AEW are going national soon as a nationally televised promotion and I looked back into my archive to think about the last promotion that did just the same thing. And it may surprise you that it wasn't a big international company. It was a small local promotion from the Pacific Northwest, the West Coast Wrestling Connection. I wrote a piece for WrestleTalk a few years ago about their meteoric rise to a national promotion, and I thought it'd be interesting to see what things have changed and what things have stayed the same, and the things that AEW will be trying not to do and to do. So this is a different story. This is the West Coast Wrestling Connection story in a piece that I wrote called West Coast to Coast to Coast, WCWC Goes National. Like the apocryphal public transport situation, promotions are like buses. You wait 11 years for there to be a new nationally televised wrestling company, and then five come along at once. Leading the pack in their own quiet way is West Coast Wrestling Connection. Of the players that announced deals in the last few months, they've been around the longest, have an established fan base and a business plan, and have executed it firmly for a decade. Jeff Aiken, their play-by-play announcer, has seen the company grow from local indie to a televised territory and on to being a national promotion, all within the space of the last few years. He spoke with me about the company, its hopes and aspirations, and how the promotion goes forward now it is up there with the TNAs, Lucha Undergrounds, and WWEs of this world. Okay, first question. UK fans are inundated with shows to watch at the moment. Could you tell us how long the company has been together, and can you give us a guide to what WCW is all about, and what can we expect on a West Coast Wrestling Connection show? The West Coast Wrestling Connection started in March 2005 as a small company that ran monthly shows in Salem, Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest. Over the first nine years of the company, there was a growth in the quality of events, the quality of the talent, and the overall presentation of the product. We debuted on PDX TV, a regional television network in Portland, in May 2014. The WCWC on TV is old-school wrestling in a contemporary environment. You're going to see outrageous characters, heated feuds, cowards and heroes. You're going to see competitors that leave it all in the ring and fight with heart. And fight with heart. What you won't see are ridiculous soap opera-style skits or tasteless and degrading situations. The West Coast Wrestling Connection is pro wrestling, pure and simple. You've been broadcast on PDX in Portland and recently been picked up to go national on the Mikasa Network. What have you learned in the transition from being a territory-based promotion moving towards being a nationally televised show. Interestingly enough, we don't anticipate making any drastic changes. There's an adage about not changing what brought you to the game that I believe holds true for us. We are and will be the West Coast Wrestling Connection. That means a regional flavour, old school wrestling, like we discussed before. The two areas that do change, though, are sponsors and commentary. I'll talk about the sponsors in a little while, but as half the commentary team, there has certainly been some changes. We used to highlight Portland and its character, its unique city with its own flavour. We'll still do that, but our references have to make sense across state borders, even across international borders. That benefit is the the benefit is that it forces us to focus more attention on the most important parts of the program, the wrestlers. I like the show a lot, and it reminds me a lot of the world-class shows out of Dallas in the mid-80s. Had there been any shows that influenced your presentation? Our production team grew up and influenced mostly by Mid-South Wrestling and Portland Wrestling. We have an enormously rich history in Portland, and I'll talk about that in a bit, but this has influenced our presentation. Focus on the in-ring product, and the wrestling is what is most important. With those influences, though, we really set out to create our own product. We are not the 21st century Portland wrestling or the new Mid-South. We're West Coast Wrestling Connection. Just like the Beatles and Black Sabbath influenced generations of the music, the new bands weren't merely copies of them. Your roster is pretty diverse in the age range from senior veterans like The Grappler, younger, more localized talents like Ashton Vuitton, and national name players like Matt Stryker and Joey Ryan. Do you have an overall guiding principle when it comes to recruitment? 
That's a difficult thing to put in the words. It's like trying to define the it factor that we hear so much about these days. We look for a particular look, but then you can see what we have real diversity in that as well. We look for a certain style, but again, we have a lot of diversity there too. I think the best way to describe the way we look for new talent is when it screams at us, I'm who you're looking for, and that can come in a lot of ways. Ultimately though, we work with team players. Attitude is one of the primary factors in working with us. We've had some real talented people come through WCWC that had out of control egos or wanted to do things their way and didn't think it needed to follow our policies. They're gone and have been replaced with talent that know it's a team effort. The argument goes that the territories are dead. I'm sure you disagree with that statement. Where do you think localised TV wrestling can go that national companies can't? I absolutely disagree with that statement. Now the territories of the 40s to 80s are dead, but they had a product of their time. Back then people lived within the 100 mile radius of their homes. That included the TV they watched. Now we live in a global community with immediate access to anything. What we are seeing in wrestling today, WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Lucha Underground, GFW and WCWC, all the way to the local and regional promotions with their TV and their markets, is the evolution of the territories. Now a talented wrestler can be seen all over the world before making it big and working for a global company. They can deliver at a rate exponentially faster than the classic territory days. There is also graphic, geographic loyalty and passion to these promotions, but the fan base is no no borders. Reminds me of a cool story. Our show, even before expanding to the Mikasa Networks, has garnered international fans thanks to YouTube. We have a fan in the UK that reached out to the locker room because he was, she was a huge fan, but obviously couldn't travel out for the live event. The locker room got together, autographed her merchandise, and sent it back over to the UK for her, a cool example of good global territory. Wrestling programs like ours, that are more regional in nature, can do a lot of things the national programs cannot. That being said, they obviously have to have access to flashier and more expensive production, but they can serve as a crutch to cover up some less than stellar wrestling sometimes. The more local programs can take risks that national programs can't. We have flexibility in the talent we use, the matches we set up, and even the locker room interviews. The national programs are held under such a microscope by their sponsors and often their governing bodies or owners. Yes, we have some pressure from sponsors and from our fans, but not nearly the level of nitpicky scrutiny they're subject to. In the end, the fans end up with a cooler, more fun product that lets the wrestlers do what they do best. You are unashamedly old school in your approach, presentation and booking style. Was that a conscious decision or did the fan base dictate that direction? Absolutely 100% intentional from day one. The greatest moments and memories in this sport are from the old school approach. Today guys do visually impressive spots that excite the fans for a second. The old school approach leaves a lasting and meaningful impression. I remember working in an event as a referee in about 2006 in a small town in southern Oregon. This was a blue collar town full of lumberjacks and people associated with the logging industry. We were still a young company but this crowd affirmed our old school approach. The main event was a hometown guy versus evil foreigner. The match was a slugfest drag out wrestling match. The fans were stirred by a frenzy by headlocks and punches. When the hometown hero won the match, the roof blew off the venue. The ovation lasted minutes. It was incredible. It was an old school and it's exactly what wrestling fans are dying to see, whether they realise it or not. While you are far removed from the old Pacific Northwest territory run by Don Owens, had a reputation of being one of the best places to work in North America, thanks to Don's skill and generosity as a booker. Has he influenced the company in any way, or has that company influenced you in any way? We're not nearly as far removed as you think. While Portland wrestling of Don Owens has been gone for 20 years, it set roots in Portland that we felt for another generation. It's important to note that Portland wrestling was the last territory in the US to succumb to the WWF. There were a number of people that contributed to that. Some incredible wrestlers, awesome fans, and unrivaled booking. It's well-known fact that now that legendary Glapper handled the booking for the prime of Portland wrestling. There are some awesome stories about that, and more in this book you can find at grapplebook.com. So here's the connection between us and the historic promotion. The Grappler handles booking for the West Coast Wrestling Connection as well. So simply, yes, we have been heavily influenced by that company. Additionally, our promoter and the management team want the WCWC to be known as a great place to work as well. 
We're unique among many other wrestling promotions in that our management team has a diverse background that doesn't only include wrestling experience, but also includes running businesses and managing substantial budgets. The WCWC is run like a business. As long as a talent or wrestler is meeting expectations laid out for them, they are treated very well here. One of the more endearing things about the show is your reliance on local sponsors, which obviously helps with costs, but also aids for exposure for your talent, as well as allowing some creativity and endorsement vignettes. Is it something other companies should consider more widely? Absolutely, no question, and amen. I have to say that our work with our sponsors is some of my favourite. I run a few small businesses myself, and I'm active in the local business community, so small business growth activities are important to me. On top of that, we have helped some of our top guys really grow their fan base. A few examples, two of our top wrestlers right now, Remy Marcel of The Whirling Gentleman and Alexander Hammerstone, the current Pacific Northwest champion, were complete newcomers to this area when they debuted on TV. They ended up in the ads for two of our sponsors, and those ads were awesome. If I'd say those ads really helped position them as top guys where they are today. The gentleman brawler, Eric Wright, is another. He has appeared in our ads and has been recognised on the streets so much more often than before. Working with these local businesses has been fun, and it's grown the local business community. It's helped our wrestlers, and the fans love them. Commentary is another area of the company that I think stands out. Yourself and Todd Kennelly seem to have a good balance between spot calling and storytelling. Who influenced you as an announcer, and is there anything you're trying to do with the projection of the match? Firstly, I have to say I really enjoy working with Todd. He has so much experience, not only as a wrestling commentator, but in comedy and sports as well. I'm always working to improve myself, and I've learned so much from working with him. It's also nice that we had immediate chemistry together. We hit off right away and enjoy hanging out. I like that that comes out in our commentary sometimes. Who influenced me? Honestly, that's a difficult question. I'd have to say a combination of Gorilla and Jesse, JR and The King influenced me. They were soundtrack of my childhood. The reality, though, I like to think that I bring my own style to the headset. I know what I like to hear in wrestling and sports and other forms of entertainment, and other forms of entertainment, so I bring these to my game. I want a scientific breakdown of what is happening. I want the storytelling that is happening to the match. I want the connection to our history, and I want to be entertained. Those are the pieces I focus on. Too many commentators today are fans themselves and make jokes at the expense of the match of the wrestlers. On top of that, a lot of these more local shows, the commentators are using insider terms and trying to be funny for the boys. I approach every match as a legitimate sporting competition between two athletes combating for superiority. That helps create the old-school atmosphere that is important to us and to our fans. Matt Stryker, Lucha Underground's play-by-play announcer, is a WCWC wrestler. It's a bit strange calling matches on a commentator. First off, it's been great working with Matt. He's been very generous with advice and feedback, sometimes very brutal feedback, but always appreciated. Calling his matches is unique because of his career as an announcer. When you're working with a sports commentator, you learn to analyse a match differently, to look at things that the wrestler may not normally look at. We're more keyed into the fans' reactions, referees' positioning and potential interference. With Matt's experience as a commentator, he brings to the ring, it changes his approach to his matches and it gives Todd and me another point we can analyse from. Speaking of Lucha Underground, while companies these days seem to be working towards a model that's based more towards selling TV rights or selling iPay-per-views, WCWC has stuck to the traditional get TV to get the live gate approach. What do you think are the advantages of this business setup? That's a difficult question to answer, mostly because we're somewhat unique in this approach. Our business approach was the norm back in the territory days, but like we discussed earlier, those days have evolved. I think there are two primary advantages. The first is the fan connection. The second is that we stand out in a sea of competition. Watching wrestling on TV, iPay-per-view, etc. is exciting and has become a staple of the wrestling fan's diet. We work to produce quality television every week, but there is no connection like the one you get at a live event. You can slap hands with Mike O'Shea or yell at Grappler 3 and have him get in your face. It doesn't get any better than that. One of the highlights of our live events is intermission. Fans have a chance to interact with their heroes and the villains in person. Touching the lives of these amazing people is what keeps me going and motivates so many of the wrestlers in the locker room. You just cannot capture the vibe of a television event. Today there are hundreds, maybe thousands of wrestling promotions around the world 
A few have TV, some do iPay-per-view, some sell DVDs, but few of them focus on both media and live events. With so much to choose from, it's difficult to stand out. By using our TV and our social media to drive live events, we've created a unique experience for our awesome fans. Where is the company looking to go as a whole? That's the real question, isn't it? What's next? When the West Coast Wrestling Connection rang the bell for its very first event in March 2005 at Salem's Elks Lodge, we had one goal in mind, putting on an incredible event for our fans. That hasn't changed today. Our fan base has grown, the mediums for the events has changed, but the goal is the same. By sticking to our vision and refusing to compromise our principles, we have grown to this level. Is there more for us? Maybe. As long as our fans enjoy every WCWC event, then we're going to do it our way. We'll be happy wherever we end up. Jeff Aitken was a really interesting character to talk to, a commentator who really understood the wrestling business. And maybe there's some pointers here for AEW, I'm sure they've got it under control, but there are some things as a fan you may want to look into. Thank you for listening today. You can find The Troopany Show channel at Troopany Show on Twitter and The Troopany Show on Facebook. And The Troopany Show on Patreon where you can keep the channel free forever for everyone. Please go read our sponsors. Issue issue 4 with Indie Empire magazine with RJ City on the front cover is available for you now. Also go see our partners powerslam.tv where you can use our code mulletwatch to get a free month when you subscribe for 12 months. Take care and we'll see you soon. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.